1927, Hollywood was deep in the throes of its silent picture era, but the introduction of the talkies was about to throw them a curveball. And what are you supposed to do when you talk like this and this is your normal voice? Are you fit for the talkies or are you about to be replaced by some tramp off the streets? I don't know. Is this a good summary of the movie that we're doing this week? I don't think so, but that's what I came up with. But that's right. For the very first time ever, I watched Singing in the Rain. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Clear Tinted Classics, the show where I, your host, Jake Ryan Baker, watch classic movies for the very first time. And today is a very special episode. I'm joined by a first-time guest. Uh, it's very exciting when we have a first-time guest. I'm sure you guys are super stoked, too. Holly Spot is on the show. It's so nice to be sitting here talking with you. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it was like, this is probably the uh, least I've ever known somebody that I, I've just asked them to come on the show, but I just figured, why not? It, it felt like serendipity. I, uh, you reached out and you had some really kind words, because I think you were at a film festival where maybe one of my films played or something. Yes. Um, which I unfortunately couldn't make. I wanted to go so bad. It sounded like it was an amazing time, but I, just from that brief interaction, you seemed really nice. And then I clicked on your profile and you had like just been on another podcast. And I was like, you know what? She's a pro. <laughs> I'll just ask her to be on, uh, and you thankfully said yes, and now we're going to talk about Singing in the Rain, which mm -hmm. is going to be really fun, but first, I'd love to get to know you better, and I'm sure everybody else would too, so um, can you tell me a little bit about what you do? I was kind of surprised. I thought you were like mostly an actor, but you say you're also an eternity, uh, eternity, uh, <laughs> an attorney. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, my day job, I actually work at IU at Student Legal Services. So, oh, wow. yeah, we're an on-campus law firm that assists students with their legal problems that they face while they're students. Uh, That's really cool. It's it's really great. I get the opportunity to help students and then also to mentor law students. Uh, so it's it's really a rewarding position in the legal field. Yeah, I feel like uh, I, I, I loved my time at college. I feel like having a job on a campus would actually be pretty rad. So that that's really cool. Definitely, uh, I mean, I, man, what, how, I mean, you, you enjoy that then, or? Oh, yeah, I think. And, and this is like IU proper, like Bloomington IU? That's right, yeah. Awesome. I think if you're going to be an attorney, this is the best job in the legal profession that you can have, just because. I can imagine, wow. Yeah, you get to make a direct impact on people's lives, and, and you get to kind of like, you know, when, when you see lawyers that are inspiring, um, and you think that you want to become a lawyer to to help other people? Uh, this is this is the type of area where you can do that. So I feel really lucky. Is that? I mean, is that something? Was it like from a young age you were thinking you wanted to become a lawyer, or how did that happen? I did not decide that I wanted to go to law school until I was a junior in undergrad. So whoa, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> it, was, it was a very delayed pathway to the profession, I would say. Um, but yeah, growing up, I wanted to be everything but an attorney. I wanted to be a singer. Spoiler alert: okay. I cannot sing. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, You're not going to be in the Singing in the Rain remake, then? I mean, maybe as Lena. <laughs> 
but that's it. <laughs> do, do, do a good Lena impression? I don't know I would, if I would say it's good, but my voice probably sounds the most similar to hers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was, it was kind of a, a recent thing. And then I got into acting right before my 30th birthday. I started taking online classes. Oh really? What what uh, what led you to that? What, what led you to that decision to go that way? So I had always loved acting. I did a couple of school plays when I was younger. Okay. Um, it's not exactly something that is encouraged as a career path. I feel like when sure sure um, especially around these parts exactly exactly <laughs> um, even with really supportive family and friends, there's there was sort of an expectation that. I wasn't going to pursue something like that. Mm -hmm. But then the pandemic struck and I'm like, I'm at home. There are online classes. I've always wanted to do this. Yeah. Um, and it has been the best. I I love acting with all my heart. It's wonderful. So are you more interested in film acting or stage acting? And is that something, was that part of like when you were younger? Were you really into movies or plays or anything like that? So, so far as the acting that I like to do, I like film acting. Um, I haven't really done any stage acting since I was in grade school. Oh, um, wow. okay. But I would definitely be willing to, to explore those types of opportunities. I just feel like kind of with my schedule right now, the rehearsals and all the, the things oh, that yeah, go into to putting on a stage production, I'm not quite sure. I could it's, fit that in right now. It's it's so much. Yeah. I, uh, I live in Fort Wayne, and I actually meet most of my actors. At least when I first started, most of my actors were their theater people. And I actually think Fort Wayne has an amazing theater community. Uh, but I it does get me in a bit of a bind sometimes where it's like I'll call my friend Todd and be like, hey, I was thinking about shooting this thing like in June. He's like, I'm in a show, but my next two months are just fucked. And I'm just like, oh, okay, well, I'll talk to you in two months. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and that's literally a conversation I just had like two days ago. But it's just like, it's so much. But I mean, you get it. It's like they're on stage doing two hours of a show. Of course, you have to practice so much. Yeah. I've always thought it would be fun. I'm not a very good actor, but I do like it. And it, I think it's fun. And, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for writers and directors who dabble in acting and like take classes because it helps you get a better understanding of how to like guide your actors and so i always thought it would be a good experience to see things from like an actor's point of view but i'm just like i don't have the time to do one of these shows so i totally get what you're saying it's it's so much it's like at least a month of rehearsals almost every night yeah. and then like two straight weekends of shows at least usually uh it's intense it's it's people i don't i don't know i mean sure people that know know how much goes into it and they have respect for that but there's just so much that goes into it yeah and it's such a unique experience too i'd love going to shows it's so fun oh, yeah i've had some of the best i guess like in terms of just media in general experiences like going to shows in fort wayne uh, like i have like a running list of like my favorite shows i've seen <laughs> i'm always like quick to rattle them off to people but yeah is, is the is there much of a theater community in bloomington is it it's probably mostly based around the college, I would imagine. So we have we have the Bloomington Playwrights Project, uh, which I don't know if you've heard of them before, but... No, I don't think so. It's essentially local playwrights 
putting on their shows on stage in Bloomington. So it's a really cool um, collaborative type experience. And then um, and they just did a merger. So I'm afraid I, I might misspeak if I say what the, the theater <laughs> division is called um, because they just merged um, the Bloomington Academy of Film and Theater with I think Cardinal Stage, which is what used to be just the the plays put on in Bloomington. Uh, but there there's a pretty active community here. That's amazing. Yeah. It's always nice that to uh, hear there's like I, like I I imagined that around like uh I've not really been to Bloomington too much. I really would like to rectify that, but I I just I assume that IU is like the real centerpiece of the town and so I, I imagine that it's really built around giving, you know, college students like opportunities and stuff. So it's cool to hear that there's a place for like budding playwrights to put their work up, which is just, you can't really beat doing, you know, like you can theorize and write and think about and watch videos and even take classes, which of course are going to instruct you in great ways. But I'm sure you've experienced like once you're on set, it's like a whole different ball game. Yes. Uh, and, And the only way to do that is to get out there and do it. Same as like, if you write something, you're never going to know if it works until you see it performed, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's really cool to hear that they do that. Yeah. Um, but you're more interested in film. Did you grow up? Like, have you always been a fan of movies? Uh, like even at, from a young age? And what's, I'd be curious about some of the stuff you've, like, what's your uh, relationship with film been like? Like when you were young, was it like mostly kids movies or were you one of those kids who... <laughs> saw like maybe some movies at an age that maybe you were a little young for, but they kind of opened your mind a little bit. I'm always curious about people's experience in that regard. Yeah. So I have always been obsessed with films from a young age. Anytime a television was on or if I could go to the movie theater, I was totally there for it. Um, So far as what I watched when I was younger, it was a little bit of everything. I think I had you know, normal kid movies like Homeward Bound and... <laughs> Homeward Bound, that's a great <laughs> that, one. <laughs> that's one that sticks out immediately in my mind. Uh, yeah. Disney movies. But I also grew up watching a lot of horror films. Uh, okay. <laughs> so that kind of surprises people usually. I think I come across as a really happy-go-lucky person. And so when I'm like, <laughs> I love the horror genre, you know... <laughs> I've seen all yeah, these movies. It, it really shocks people usually. It depends. There's, there's, I find there's like two wildly different camps. Like there's the people who are like, they wear like the black band t-shirts and you're like, yeah, that's a horror fan. They're <laughs> grunge loving metal head people. But then there's just like happy people who the horror actually is just like an interesting outlet for them in a way. Like I always think about, um, one of my favorite writers is uh, Gillian Flynn. She's like pr- she's pretty infamous for the Gone Girl novel, but I, I, I like all of her stuff. Gillian Flynn. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I, there's this interview that she did that always really stuck out in my head. Where they're just like, "What kind of past do you have? What kind of dark thoughts are you wrestling with to write such dark material?" And she's like, "I, I don't know. I have a pretty good life actually. I love my family. I just I don't know. This is these are the stories that." pop into my head but i'm I'm a pretty happy person so ever since i read that i've always been like oh there's like a whole different facet of people that do engage (laughs) with darker material that's kind of interesting to me 
<laughs> yeah. What's like, what are some of the early horror movies that you remember? And I'm curious, like, what age were you seeing this stuff? <laughs> I distinctly remember, and this one was not on purpose. Um, I watched Chucky at a very young age. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh i don't I'm, I'm sure i've I've talked about it on the show before but that was like uh my dad showed me child's play when i was way too young and it fucked me up for years like i've only in recent years started to really enjoy horror movies because there's like a period of my life from like age six to like early teens where i was like nope horror nope nope <laughs> chucky's gonna kill me he's gonna get me i can't deal and it's funny that it was child's play because that's like practically a dark comedy in some senses. It's, it's so silly <laughs> when you watch it now, but that, that movie, it's just so funny to hear you say that. Cause that movie fucked me up. when I was. A kid. Yeah. That one was unintentional. <laughs> what we had done was we had a sleepover with one of my aunts and she had asked me what I liked. And I said, Chucky referencing Chucky from Rugrats. <laughs> and she rented that movie and played it for us. So that was kind of a, <laughs> Not intentional, it just sort of happened. That's really, that's really funny, actually. <laughs> and because I explained Chucky, of course, well, he's, you know, he's little yeah, and has red exactly. hair. <laughs> She's like, I got you. <laughs> it's funny that you specifically like Chucky from Rugrats enough to that have that be a reference point, too. There's a lot of layers going on in that story. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, oh, we're going to watch Rugrats in Paris? And it's like <laughs> a doll stabbing people in the chest. <laughs> a little different. <laughs> a little different. It wasn't quite what I was expecting, but... <laughs> some people would say there's some parts of Rugrats that are equally existentially horrifying when you think about it, though. So it all kind of evens out. <laughs> yeah. No permanent damage. So I think, I think it turned That's out good. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any other... So would you say your fandom of horror has continued or I mean, do you like pretty much everything? I like everything, but you know, I, I always have trouble. I, I like to get a feel for what people's like favorite things are and their flavors. But like, if you ask me what my favorite movie is, I don't know what I would say. Yeah. I would say true romance for a while, but it's just, it just depends on what kind of mood you're in. So exactly. I'm curious, is there anything that you specifically gravitate towards? Or if I ask you what some of your favorite movies are, do you have things that come to mind when I ask that? Yeah, so I feel like I'm kind of like you. I I like all sorts of movies. Um, oh my goodness, horror! I love musicals. I love action. I, I love a little bit of everything, honestly. But if I'm thinking about absolute favorites, uh, Singing in the Rain, obviously, which yeah. we're talking about tonight. <laughs> uh, Jaws is a favorite of mine, and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is really good. When I started thinking about what we were going to talk about tonight, it almost became Im impossible to think about, oh no, you know, what, <laughs> what comes next? What do I choose? Because I love so yeah. many. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I definitely remember Singing in the Rain and, and Cuckoo's Nest were in the running for sure. Because those are both huge movies I definitely need to do. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I've seen Jaws, so technically breaks the premise of the show, even though I'd <laughs> love to do it for the show. Yeah. It's just such a good movie. Jaws is just like a classic. Uh, there's like a genre, or there's like a echelon, I guess, of movie that it's like a lot of people, it's like literally their favorite movie of all time. It's so overhyped. And then when you watch it, it like lives up to the hype. 
And oh, yeah. it, it's really fun when, like, Jaws was one of those for me where I was like, holy shit, this really is one of the greatest movies of all time. Uh, the Godfather movies were like that for me when I got around to them. <laughs> it's just always nice to have high expectations and have them met. Uh, but yeah, Jaws yeah. is like, man, it's so good. Uh, Cuckoo's Nest, uh, jury's out. I haven't seen it. Uh, I do love Jack Nicholson, though. Well, He's pretty great. Uh, <laughs> he's fantastic in it. And Christopher Lloyd's in it. He plays a role in it. So it's, I highly recommend it when you get a chance. <laughs> but I'd love to, I guess maybe an easier question would be, uh, I mean, have you been checking out a lot of stuff recently? Have you been seeing stuff in theaters? Or is there any recent movies that you have seen that really stuck out to you in the past like few years past few years um so the pandemic really messed up my my love of going to to stuff and seeing it in theater um i mean i have seen i saw the new spider-man which i loved i know (laughs) i enjoyed it way too much it was just really fun i thought Um, i'm sure trying to think what's been recent and a lot of the stuff that I saw in theaters was before the pandemic started. Okay. So I think. I mean, tw- that been about 2019. That was a pretty good year for film still, though. That was exciting. Like, that was the year Parasite came out. Oh, yeah. Marriage Story was that year. There's some good stuff that year. Uh, but Marriage Story yeah. destroyed me. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> I just kept thinking about it after I watched it, and the yeah, performances so are so spectacular. I just, man, that's, uh, that's do you ha- do you have any like uh, favorite actors or directors that you really gravitate towards? Um, if like if if someone's in a movie, are you like okay, I, I got to see this? Or are there any directors that you really admire? So so far as actresses, I would say. I'm a big fan of Florence Pugh right now. Like anything she does, Ooh. I want to go I love, see it. I love, I love Florence Pugh. She's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Saoirse Ronan. Love her. Yeah. Uh, Frances so, McDormand. So Little Women's like your favorite movie. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm also a big Harry Potter fan. So Emma Watson's okay. in that too. And I'm just like, this is yeah. it. This is it. <laughs> and then everybody's favorite, Timothy Chalamet. It's just. <laughs> All across the board. I actually did like Little Women a lot. It was a good Me movie. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Florence Pugh, I really like. I'm pretty excited. She's got, I mean, she's in a lot of stuff now. She's blowing up. Mid, uh, speaking of 2019, Midsommar was like oh easily one gosh. of my favorites of that year. So uh, good. <laughs> so good. I, I love A24 yes. horror films, like the atmospheric horror. I'm all about that. Yeah, I, I just did The Witch for the show because uh, I, I went and saw The Northman in theater and was like, well, I guess I might as well see the one Eggers movie I haven't seen. Uh, and I, I watched The Witch and I'm already like a really big Anya Taylor-Joy fan. Oh, yeah. So it was nice to just get that movie under my belt and see that. I just, I I definitely agree if I see A24 on something, I'm like, okay, I'm intrigued what you got for me. They're, they're definitely the company that's putting out the stuff I'm the most interested in. For sure, yeah, um, yeah. There's there's some good stuff coming out this year. The North Moon was great. Uh, Everything, everywhere, all at once is probably the best <sighs> thing I've seen in theaters in a while. That's it was still so good. on my list. I want to see yeah. that so badly. I've been evangelizing it pretty hard just because I think it's so good. It's like it's like so good. Uh, but that was great. Um, and you know, 
uh, Alex Garland's new film with with Jess, Jesse Buckley's coming out, and I'm pretty excited about that. I really loved her, uh, and I'm thinking of ending things, so I've been a big fan. But Florence Pugh, yeah, she's got a uh, she's in Olivia Wilde's new movie that's coming out. She's in uh, she's in Christopher Nolan's new movie that's coming out pretty soon. Uh, so she's great. Love her. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a pretty fine actor to to be into because she's she's just always good in everything <laughs> she's really versatile too when she did fighting yeah. with my family and then she turns around and and plays a role in little women or you take a look at the new olivia wilde movie that's coming out and it's just like blows your mind yeah yeah uh l- last but not least while i'm grilling you about yourself <laughs> i i'm kind of curious what's uh Ever since you started getting into acting, what's your experience been like with that? Like being on sets and and are you are you specifically acting or are you doing any other roles on film sets? And I'm just curious what that experience has been like for you so far. Yeah, it's it's kind of been a whirlwind. Uh, when I stepped foot onto set for the first time last summer, I played a really big supporting role in a movie and it was my first ever experience doing anything in film and it's a feature length film and i was like i'm going to mess this up for everybody (laughs) head first into a feature wow (laughs) they're going to ban me i'm not allowed back like this is going to be terrible (laughs) but i worked with an incredible um cast and crew leanne johnson uh was the lead in that film i know her i know her very well yeah what what was the movie chasing rabbits oh it was chasing rabbits okay yeah (laughs) i actually haven't seen that yet because i didn't go to the festival but i've been i've actually been meaning to get around to it i've heard really good things about it thank you Uh, and i've also seen leanne in a million things she's in in everything uh with with good reason she's phenomenal she is Uh, she was in a short film that uh, we did here in Fort Wayne. I I was on set for uh, my friend Victoria, friend of the show, uh, made a short film called Water's Edge. That's actually nice. this close. To, I'm making a terrible podcasting, but I'm making a <laughs> tiny space between my fingers right now. Is this close <laughs> to being done? I've seen the cuts because my friend is editing it, and, and she's great in that too, of course. So wow, you're in Chasing Rabbits. I got to see that dang movie. It's 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 eluded me. Yeah. yeah, but working with Leanne was great. She had more experience and she was very supportive and it helped kind of guide me through it because I was convinced yeah. I, I really thought I was going to ruin it for everybody. <laughs> but yeah. I'm sure, they, I'm sure they knew what they were doing when they cast you. They wouldn't have cast you for no good reason. <laughs> I feel like... When you're new to acting, and maybe it doesn't go away, I'm I'm still kind of new. I don't know, but I feel like imposter syndrome is very real. You, it always... never goes away. Uh, just okay. so you know. Uh, <laughs> okay, but... <laughs> thank you. <laughs> never, it's normal ever, then ever goes to feel away. this way. <laughs> if you don't feel that way, then you're probably a sociopath. So then that's a whole other ball of wax. But <laughs> uh, maybe that's a better way to be. But some would argue one way or the other. Uh, but it just, yeah, it never goes away. I've been doing filmmaking for almost a decade now and i still feel like everything i do sucks so it's just like uh, not saying that it does i'm just saying you just always have that feeling you you know uh you just have to trust that the people around you you just have to surround yourself with honest people who will you know a they'll tell you if you're you know need to make some adjustments and don't just glowingly praise you about everything but also people that you trust their opinion and they have good taste and when they say no, you fucking nailed it in that scene. You can be like, you know what? I did nail it in that scene. But you're always, almost everyone I've ever talked to, like 
they have trouble looking at themselves on screen. They have trouble hearing their own voice. It's just, uh, I think it's just a human thing, and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. So you just have to make sure you work with good directors <laughs> who, can, who aren't going to set you up to fail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, honestly, <laughs> despite the imposter syndrome, if I could, if I can make this my day to day, if I can make acting how I make my living, I love it so much. I, there's something yeah. so rewarding about being a storyteller. You know, yes. in, inhabiting a character, bringing their thoughts, their feelings to life. It, it's the best feeling in the world. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, it, it's just, it feels so fulfilling when you can really reach deep down in yourself and bring something out. And like, and that's what I love about film specifically. Like, I love the theater experience and you're never gonna, it's its own specific thing. But there's something about film, having something preserved on camera and in sound like possibly for forever you know like i i was having those feelings watching the movie uh last night singing in the rain i'm like this movie's 70 years old yeah. and yet we're just there's this performance that we're witnessing and it's been immortalized and there's something really magical about that uh is that is chasing rabbits the only thing you've done so far or have you gotten to be in other things so that was my first thing, but since then I've done, I guess, three shorts, and I just cool. started filming another feature on Monday. Wow! And I busy. <laughs> I have another feature that I just booked that's coming up. When is that? I guess probably late July, and a short film <laughs> coming up as well. So staying as that's busy amazing. as I can. <laughs> wow, uh, that is so cool, uh, man. That's the one thing is like, I, I see a lot of actors booking jobs. I'm like, it's so stressful. Cause like as someone that's like directing, I'm like just focused on getting the one thing off the ground. And I see other actors being like, well, I'm in this movie and then this movie's coming up and then this movie's coming up. And I'm just like, Ooh, it seems like so much to juggle, <laughs> but <laughs> I think it's just, once you get a taste of it, you just want more. You, you, you never want yeah. to stop. So <laughs> you might have to switch in and out depending on what, you know, what project you're shooting, which day and kind of hop around character to character, but it's so worth What's it. it. Yeah. That was, a, that reminds me what, the thing I was really curious to ask you is like, what is like, what is like your approach to acting? Are you, is it about getting into the character for you or, or do you feel like you have to really dig down deep or is it more like, once you're on set face to face with another person, you get sucked into the scene. I'm just, all, I'm really curious about that from, from an acting perspective, like what people's approach is. Yeah. So for me, I tend to be pretty analytical about things. So when I get okay. a script, I really try to do a breakdown, a, a really kind of intense script analysis. I, I want to understand my character, the other characters, our motivations, and I mean, when, when I get a script, there will usually be a million things jotted in uh, the margins. But it's also making sure that you run the scene in your head with different meanings, different ways that, that you might deliver it. That way you are ready for whatever the other actor in the scene is going to give you when you're there. Um, okay. And, and for me, you know, once I'm there, once I've done that groundwork, and then I'm face to face with the other actor. It's like I tried to shut Holly off and I tried to just let 
this character that I've been thinking about and developing speak for herself, if that makes sense. Okay. No, yeah, it does. I, I, I've tried to explain like what my writing process is sometimes, and I've never been much of an outliner because I'm very much like, uh, I don't know the characters, they talk for themselves. So I can't write the scene until I'm writing the scene and they're talking to each other. So I, I actually do understand what you're saying where it's like, it's like, well, I'm this character now. What, how would they act? How, what would they say? But I feel like that's like a much more visceral experience. Like, do you, I mean, sure. That's fun. Like, how, how taxing do you feel that is though? Or is it just exhilarating the whole time? <laughs> I mean, I would say it's pretty hard work because you want to do the character justice. You want to do whatever the writer and the director has in mind for this character. Um, but it's also super rewarding. Because the last thing that I want when I'm working on a film is for, you know, my face to be on screen and it be clearly Polly thinking as opposed to to what that character would be thinking, what that character would Mm -hmm. be feeling in the moment. Um, So, yeah, putting in that groundwork, I feel like helps me get get to that level. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm excited to. I, I need. I know Chasing Rabbits is like available on Hoosier Films. I yeah. I literally meant to watch it like a couple of weeks ago, and I, I didn't get around to it. So yeah. I, I need to watch it. I got to see you and Leanne in the movie. I just got to see the dang movie. <laughs> uh, uh, but I'm curious now. I guess as much as I'd love to keep, I love interviewing people, and I could talk about the craft all day. But uh, we should probably switch gears a little bit and talk singing in the rain. What's your uh, history with this film? Like, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear how you came to it and how it was it instantly your favorite movie of all time, or has it been like a thing that's slowly over the years, just like, okay. Cause I could see having watched it for the first time myself last night. I'm like, this is exactly the kind of movie. If I had seen it when I was like 11, it would just slowly work its way into the rotation. I probably would watch <laughs> it like once a year. I would have all the songs memorized, but as a newcomer, which is why I like doing the show, I can kind of look at it a little more objectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm curious what your experience is with the film. Yeah, so I actually didn't get around to watching Singing in the Rain until I was an undergrad. So I think I may have been a freshman at IU. Okay. Uh, so I came to it a little bit later, but obviously- Was it like for a class or you just, that was around when you found it? So it wasn't for a class. I just got on sort of a classic movies kick. I watched Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. I watched uh, a lot of Audrey Hepburn movies that year. And Singing in the Rain was just one of them that I landed on. And immediately, the first time I watched it, I I feel like the movie is just happiness on film for me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it instantly made its way into my top movies. And this is sort of embarrassing. Maybe I shouldn't admit this, but I was so inspired by it that I looked for people to teach me tap dancing because I wanted to learn how to tap dance because of that movie. I love that that was your takeaway. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of tap dancing in the movie. It's very impressive. I mean, Gene Kelly and uh, Donald O'Connor, I'm, I got my cheat sheet here. I mean, Gene Kelly's easy to remember. I hadn't really heard of Donald O'Connor before this, but uh, they, they, yeah, they make tap dancing look pretty fucking slick. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and spoiler alert, I also do not have tap dancing talent either. I tried. That's really cool. 
uh yeah that i mean that's a great way to put it it's like at watching it it does feel like there was a moment when i was watching the movie where i was like is there even gonna be any conflict in this movie and like finally towards the end i was like okay here's a little bit but it is like it's it weirdly just it doesn't really matter the movie is just so exuberant and joyful that you don't really care you're just kind of like swept up in it uh it's the same like like i like i said my mother uh i was telling you before i watched it with my mom last night because she's like you're watching singing in the rain i want to watch it (laughs) and she just i could see the look on her face where you're just sucked into the movie and you just kind of have like a goofy smile on your face the whole time uh it's a really joyful experience uh it's just a it's a wildly different thing to watch nowadays especially as someone like myself who tends to prefer darker more complex films and even films that maybe have darker bittersweet endings it was interesting to like get like a dose of just like okay this is just a pleasant movie (laughs) uh and it's it's interesting to engage with that because it's not necessarily for me personally what i'm looking for in terms of like the best films that I'm watching, but it's pretty undeniable too. Like if someone like when you say like, "Oh, this is one of my favorites," I'm like, "Yeah, that makes sense. It's great." Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't really this. I you know, I've grossly stretched the definition of classic on this show all the time. Uh, you know, when you think classic, I think people think like stuff like Singing in the Rain. But like I told you, I just covered The Witch, which is like yeah. from 2015. So. I'm all over the place, but it is fun to finally take a step and do a movie from 1952. This movie's 70 years old as of this year. 70. It's crazy. Uh, but I, I don't really, I'd never really seen any of these people in, in a movie before. I have, I'm, this is like the silent film up to about the 70s is a huge blind spot for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, you know, I've heard of Gene Kelly, of course, but. I've not watched a lot of Gene Kelly. You say Audrey Hepburn. I've seen zero Audrey Hepburn movies. I've seen one Catherine Hepburn movie. Uh, it's like, these are huge blind. And when I finally do get it, like All About Eve was a movie I watched a, a while ago. And they are, there's a reason why they stick around. They're great movies. Yeah. Uh, but I just, you know, I never saw them. <laughs> so I'm really excited when people like you recommend something like this for the show. Cause I'm like, yes, this is a huge blind spot. I'd love to rectify. Um, and so is it something you've continued to watch or uh like what would you like did you watch it for the show again or yeah uh is it something you watch yearly or has it been a while since you'd seen it i would say i probably watch it about once a year sometimes it's a little bit longer i feel like during the pandemic it may have been more than once a year just because we all (laughs) needed something uplifting (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah it's and just to kind of go back on what, what you were talking about, about not having seen necessarily these actors and other films before, my first experience with Debbie Reynolds was when she was in Halloween Town. Like, as a child, <laughs> I recognized her as the grandma from Halloween Town, so... <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> not until yeah. college, did I? <laughs> yeah, when I, was, when I was clicking through the, uh, like the main cast, like what movies they've been in, I, I was like, okay, so... A lot of these people were mostly just in old movies, but like Debbie Reynolds is like still, she was like still working. Uh, I don't, I actually didn't check to see if she's still kicking or not. Uh, She's passed. (laughs) Oh, that's so sad. But she's been in like a lot of stuff. Yeah. Even like fairly recent things. 
uh, Halloween Town. Like when you look her up on Letterbox, like the second movie is Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Um, she's in the <laughs> I hear the full circle. It she's in Rugrats in Paris in the movie. Whoa! Uh, <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, so she's 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 all over your life. <laughs> exactly. Of course, though, Halloween Town. That's funny. I guess I have seen her and stuff then. That's definitely a movie I've seen. <laughs> and I've seen Rugrats in Paris. So uh. <laughs> we just didn't we didn't know it at the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's crazy. I mean she's so young in this movie, so yeah. it's like it, she's, she has the same face and look, but it's it's just like it, it's hard to tell. Uh, I mean, are you as far as the cast of Singing in the Rain goes? I mean, have you seen a lot of their movies or? Did this make you go watch Gene Kelly movies, or is this kind of the movie you know them all from? This is kind of the movie I know them all from, and I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that because I love dance. I'm not a very good dancer, but I love watching dance, and I really appreciate people who dance well, and Gene Kelly is just phenomenal. So I definitely need to watch more of his movies. I just, I don't know. I guess I watch Singing in the Rain. I'm like, this is it. I don't need anything else. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I have, I've had that experience before where it's like, you almost accidentally find the best thing first. And it's like, well, why would I watch the other things when I have the best thing? Yeah. Uh, it's like, if I want to watch Gene Kelly I, dance, I'm like, I'll watch Singing in the Rain. He does a bunch of awesome dances. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting too. That was like one of my big things engaging with this movie is like, I'm not the biggest fan of dance. Like I have a real appreciation for it. But those are definitely the sequences where I was kind of like, okay, they're dancing, they're dancing, and they're still dancing. <laughs> Although they're, we'll get to it. There's one sequence of dance where I was like, I was like, okay, I'm actually very engaged right now. Uh, we'll we'll get to it. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, and you know, uh, the 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 main four in this film are they're all phenomenal, including, uh, and if people don't know, the main cast is Gene Kelly. He plays Don Lockwood. Donald O'Connor, who plays Cosmo Brown. I'm saying all these because the names in this movie are all really good, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, Debbie Reynolds plays Kathy Selden, and Gene Hagen plays Lena Lamont. Uh, And so it's like, yeah, I love that they say the full names a lot in this movie because I think you should. All the names are like really good. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, is there anything you want to talk about before we just dive into the plot of the movie? I mean, just to to lay it out there, and I would. I would be really interested in hearing your take on it. But I think Donald O'Connor's performance is probably my favorite physical comedy type performance mm. of all time. Um, and I, every time I watch him on screen in this movie, I just, I can't help but laugh. I can't help but smile the whole time. And for me, every time he has a scene, it's just really enjoyable. Yeah, I noticed a lot of the reviews for the movie are like, that a lot of people really do single him out. I mean, he is in a movie where he's everybody's on their A game. He still stands out because his physical comedy is insane. Like, I mean, the, the make him laugh sequences is, is like it's it's an actual masterclass in like physical comedy. Yeah, like, I, I I especially get a kick out of like his face and like rearranging his face and all that <laughs> yes. stuff. But he's an absolute superstar. Borderline steals the show and in, in a. A movie where you shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, and there's a reason why a lot of the reviews single him out specifically. It's like everyone's just like, Cosmo Brown wins this movie. Uh, <laughs> but 
yeah, I mean, he's so funny. It's like it's tough for me to say because, like I said, I'm woefully uh, ignorant of, of older films, and I know people that are fans of really old films will talk about Chaplin and Buster Keaton, and mm-hmm. I, I I can't say one way or the other about their performances. I've seen one Marx Brothers film, and obviously the physical gags in, in those movies are pretty outstanding too. Like if you're into that stuff, it's it's pretty interesting because it's it's just like again like slapstick isn't necessarily my jam but i was more like watching this movie and just appreciating like the how good it was like i don't think i laughed when he like fell through a wall or like fell over a couch or whatever but or like he's with the dummy and the dummy puts the hand on the knee he puts the hand on the knee slaps himself like i was like this is all just like really good but i wasn't like slapping my knee and like la- like <laughs> most of the laughs i got from this film were from like the dialogue jokes yeah it was like you know just like really quick stuff where he's just like so call me a cab okay you're a cab and, you know, <laughs> yes. just like okay that's funny <laughs> like there's a lot of really like quick witty little exchange and most of them comes from cosmo brown yeah. he gets a lot of the best lines too so again i see why people like him so much uh but yeah i, I don't think i'd ever really heard of donald o'connor but he's definitely on my radar for sure now after after watching this yeah. and gene kelly's really good too like watching this movie was like you, you like i feel like as a person you watch a movie and you see a guy here's a guy who he can do physical comedy he's insanely handsome he's a great actor a phenomenal singer like can tap down i was like what the fuck is this human being i don't right. understand like how can you do all of these things really well and also you're just incredibly gorgeous to top it all off it's like borderline unfair it's like this man won the genetic lottery and i'm not saying that he didn't put in the work you know like obviously he learned to dance and you have to learn to sing you can't just magically be good at those things and i'm sure behind the scenes he was working his ass off but it's like holy crap like what a package Uh, you know so you see people and you're like that's a superstar (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, but yeah i I will say before while we're talking about the actors i did really get a kick out of uh gene hagan's uh lena lamont and i just like i i having never seen the movie before it's like building up and building up and like don is like making sure he's the one talking Mm -hmm. and then about like it got to the point like right before she spoke i had this thought in my head where i was like oh she hasn't talked this whole time and i was like I bet she's got, because I actually didn't know this about the movie. I knew almost next to nothing about what this movie was about. Uh-huh. Uh, I was like, she's going to have like an insane voice, isn't she? And then her insane, screechy Harley Quinn <laughs> voice comes out. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, she's like, why aren't you letting me do any of the talking? I was like, oh my God, this is so good. But I actually like, I'm also biased because I, I love the way she talks. Like oh, yeah. I was like, if I was like interacting with her in real life, I would be smitten by someone that talked like that i I find it so good Uh, so i do love that like one of the major plot points of this film is that people are annoyed by how she talks because i'm like oh man i love the way she talks (laughs) and it's really interesting uh, because there's a difference between the film and the stage version but if you ever see the stage version lena has a song and it's so great um, oh really? It's not, That's it's not so in the cool. film, which is really sad. Um, <laughs> oh man! But if you can, <laughs> she's see it probably on stage, my favorite character. To be honest, <laughs> she's so funny. Actually, she's my favorite character. But there's a uh, there's another character that I I like a lot. 
uh, that shows up late in the movie. But yeah, Lena is just so fun. Like uh, you, you just, I don't know. Like I'm sure, you know, as an actor, I don't know what kind of roles you've gotten to play, but being like the shithead villain, bad character, like that's the funnest role, yeah. you know, like Gene Kelly and, and Donald uh, O'Connor get to have a lot of fun being goofballs in the film, but Lena just gets to like show up and just chew scenery and just be uh, like a nightmare. And it just seems like so fun. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. No, I totally agree with that. I think it would be awesome <laughs> to play that type of role uh, to just completely be crazy and have fun with it. Lena. Oh my gosh. Lena is so funny. I'm sure we'll talk more <laughs> specifically about some of her scenes, but <sighs> yeah, it's exciting. Like I said, I, I didn't know much about this movie. So it opens and it's like, 1927 we're at a red carpet event and i was like oh because i i it just you know it's personal bias but i love movies that are about movies it's just yeah. like it's i'm such a sucker for it it's my jam mm-hmm. i love filmmaking i love the magic of movies it was also interesting because you know this movie's like 1952 but set in 1927 ish uh like i don't know what the times like, takes a while to make movies so i'm sure there's time passes but uh, throughout it but I don't know why I'm getting that pedantic about it, but uh, it reminded me of like, we're, we're always like caught in these cycles, right? Where a lot of these directors and writers are always writing about the time period that they grew up in, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, now that we're in like the 2020s, we're going to start seeing a lot of like 90 stuff set in the nineties and early two thousands. And the, the cycle like repeats, like in the eighties, you got a lot of movies that were set in the fifties. And it's funny to go back to a 50s movie and see that it was they made a movie set in the 20s. Like these like 20, 30 year cycles just repeat themselves over yeah. and over. Cause it's just like that's what they grew up with and that's what they like. And it's also a great time period. We're coming into Hollywood right when the event like the invention of talking pictures is happening, which is of course a very interesting time. And it's you know, the whole plot of the movie is like you have Lena Lamont, who <laughs> is the silent film actor star. But it's only because you don't hear her talk. <laughs> it's like uh, the second she's going to have to be heard, it's like, uh oh, there goes her career. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're at this crazy red carpet premiere, firing a lot at you at once, where we're just meeting pretty much all the main characters. It's like, here's so and so, and here's Zelda, which, uh, by the way, is Rita Moreno uh, from Pretty Infamous for West Side Story. Yeah. And also. Uh, West Side Story because <laughs> she's in and she's both. in the remake too, uh, but yeah, small role in this one as a snitch, but <laughs> she's she's great, uh, Zelda, and so I'm like right off the bat I'm like okay who do I need to mark down who's who's important who's important but uh, uh, Cosmo Brown shows up and he's just I don't know he's he's got such a good attitude too because he's like you realize that it, him and his buddy like came up together but. Gene Kelly as Don Lockwood is a superstar and Cosmo's like kind of in the shadows. Yeah. But the, the movie never really makes you feel like Cosmo has it bad. Cosmo just is like a fun, good, like classic good sidekick type character who's just like, yeah, I make music and I'm I like just cracking jokes and I actually kind of like poking fun at Don because it actually being super recognizable is kind of a problem for him. So he just yeah, shows he up. He enjoys and gets, that anonymity, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he shows up and gets out of his car. But again, he's quickly overshadowed because Don Lockwood and Lisa Lamont, like the two biggest Hollywood stars, 
show up and there's this lady she's like oh, it's don and lisa tell us tell us blah blah blah, blah uh, about uh yeah I, I can't even remember specifically what she asked but it prompts don to launch into this long diatribe he's like dignity always dignity and we had this really fun just long sequence where we pretty much see and, and it's fun there's good humor too because he's like saying one thing but we're seeing another thing where he's like i went to the finest academy and then you just see them like dancing in like a bar and like getting <laughs> booed and shit <laughs> like, like it's it's all it's all really good stuff but uh we get a, like him and cosmo came up together they tried to be like a vaudeville act mm -hmm. uh and it kind of went okay uh we get a really we pretty much get our first big dance number here where it's him and cosmo uh, and they have violins, and I mean, right off the bat, it's it's insane. The tap dancing's insane. I don't imagine they're actually playing the violins because yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure any violinist would look at their finger placement and be like, uh, no, no. I don't think so. <laughs> but it's still the the physical comedies. Like they're playing each other's violins. He's on his shoulders. He's he's playing both violins at once. It's great. Uh, I was kind of curious. Like uh, so, as far as like the dance numbers, I kind of want to more defer to you. Because for me, like the dance numbers are more like I enjoy them, but I'm curious, like as we go along, for your thoughts on each dance number, like where they rank. You don't necessarily have to rank them in a in a numbered list or anything like that. But how how's this violin opening piece do it for you? So I really like it, but it, I don't think it makes my top three favorites. Um, okay, I really like Donald O'Connor and Gene Kelly's chemistry as best friends. Oh yeah, definitely. It's I mean, it's totally believable, I feel like, and they play off each other so well. So anytime they dance together, it's fun to watch, but I don't think this one makes my top three. Yeah, that's such a great point, though. They have amazing chemistry together, and it goes a long way in the film, again, where it's like, they they just seem like such good friends, and they have such a good chemistry, you know, and, and their uh, their physicality with each other is actually really good, too. Like, I was like, man, it's too bad this is like an old-timey movie because like i feel like there's like a modern version of this where like don and cosmo maybe they've got a little thing going on <laughs> like, <laughs> right? it's, it's like it's like kind of like cosmo it's like cosmo kathy and don just all three of them hanging out all the time yeah. and i was like i don't know maybe there could be like a triangle going on here uh, i'd be but, okay with that <laughs> <laughs> but it's the 50s so we're not getting any any lgbtq themes just yet but i'd love to see the uh i'd love to see the papers on like there's like one scene where cosmo like flirts with a girl and it feels like the movie being like cosmo's not gay just so you know right uh, and it's like, i was like <laughs> come on make him gay yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah i mean they do have but hey guys can be friends too they don't have to be gay for each other so i'm not not trying to force that on them but you're you're so right they they like literally their physicality with each other is they literally dance together really well they jump off of each other and like take turns it's it's yeah it's so good of you to point out obviously this isn't like a show-stopping number but the tap dancing is remarkable in the yeah. scene uh but we get a really great sequence while he's still um t telling his life story where you find out that they weren't doing very well so they just kind of took off for la and they are working like kind of behind the scenes on like a movie set like making they're doing like live music for people to like perform to or whatever and we see the sequence of this 
bad cowboy is like assaulting Lena Lamont and the, the good guy comes in and punches the bad cowboy, but the stunt man doesn't do a very good job. And you got this really over the top director guy who's just like, <laughs> no, you got to flip over the bar and hit the glass. Oh, this guy's out. It's going to take me so long to get another guy. And then Don sees his opportunity and he runs up and goes, I can do it. Let me do it. And the guy's like, all right, fine, you do it. And so this is our start of uh, Don's uh, stuntman career, essentially. He takes the punch and does a good job flipping over the thing. And we get this really funny, like I was laughing during this, actually, like <laughs> this funny montage of him doing all these insane stunts where he's like in going a plane. off the cliff. Yeah. Oh, when he goes off the cliff and like smashes into the water, I was like, holy shit. Uh, like runs into the building and it explodes. And uh, like, there's a really funny gag where I think it's his name's RF, the guy that runs the studio. He's like, I, I, t- I told the director, oh man, all these stuntmen are doing a great job. And he told me they were all you. Uh, like, I was like, <laughs> that's a pretty good gag. Uh, but yeah, all the stuntman stuff is really funny. Well done. Like, again, it's just fun to see Hollywood stuff too. Yeah. Just watching people in the 20s, like filming these crazy ass stunts that probably nobody should be doing. Right. <laughs> uh, but he gets told that he's doing such a good job. They're like going to give him a shot at something. Uh, and it's like right in the middle of him trying to introduce himself to Lena Lamont, who's like not giving him the time of day. And then they're like, hey, you're going to be kind of a new star. And suddenly she's like, I'm interested now. And he's like, uh, screw I'm you. Busy. Yeah. So right off the bat, we're getting because he's like, in his story, he's like, we got along famously and we took such a liking to, because in the public's eye, they're selling this idea that Don and Lena are like, maybe they're romantic with each other. It helps kind of add buzz to their on-screen chemistry or whatever. But in real life, Don and Lena do not like, well, Don does not like Lena. Lena likes Don. Uh, but and when Don tells it, everything's peachy keen, but you see them just kind of like, she like I think she like kicks him in the ass or something at one point. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just like, it's just a fun flashback sequence. It's it it's you just you're getting his like life story, and you're also getting a sense that maybe he doesn't tell the truth about everything all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's super fun to think of. You know, they're they're making this in a movie in the fifties, and when you think about celebrity today and kind of the facade of fame and publicity stunts. To where co-stars are dating each other when maybe they actually yeah. aren't. It's it's really interesting to see that playing out on the screen 70 years ago, and we still see it today. Exactly. And so we we go to the uh we're at the premiere of this movie, right? It's it's called the Royal Rascal, I think is the name of yeah. Uh, the the movie that they've done together, the, all the movie names are insane. <laughs> I, I don't think any of them are real, but I didn't do any research. Uh, but he uh, he's like he just he seems to be some prince, and he's like saving her. And so we're seeing the premiere. It's it's a silent film that they've done all the all the good stuff, black and white. Uh, when they talk, a text comes up on the screen. We we do get some fun bits here where it's a little hard to tell, but. Uh, it seems like Gene Kelly is like just doing crazy ass stunts and they're really impressive actually. Uh, <laughs> and, like he just is like flipping all over the place, does a kip up, like stabs a dude. Uh, and then they kiss. Everybody loves the movie. They come out and take a bow and we get a fun sequence where Don's talking to the crowd. He's like, we love you guys so much. It's like not our place to 
talking every time you, you keep seeing Lena like step <laughs> forward like she wants to talk and he keeps like stopping her. This is the moment where I was like, okay, something's gonna be like something's gonna be fucked up with her voice. And sure enough, like he yanks her off stage and she's like, Why wouldn't you let me talk? And I was like, Oh boy. And everyone's just looking around like, Yeah, and maybe it's just for the best. <laughs> I was kind of curious, like, uh, um, like how much did you know, like when you were first watching it, it was, was that kind of a shock to you? And I'm kind of curious, like how much does the humor work on you still these days? Like, are you still like laughing out loud at some of these jokes or just more of like a, just like a fun, okay, here comes this bit. I like this bit. <laughs> so when I first watched the movie, I really didn't have much of an idea at all of what to expect. And like you, I was seeing Lena being sidelined and was kind of thinking, well, maybe, maybe there's a reason for this. But the first time she opened her mouth, I was like, I wasn't expecting that though. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, and so far as, as the humor in it, I still appreciate it just as much now as I did the first time. I think the difference is now I just anticipate it and I get excited. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's coming. It's about to happen. Yeah, this is like a classic, uh, what I would call a, like a princess bride type movie for me, where it's like every scene is like, oh, okay, this scene. Uh, okay, this scene's coming up. Oh, right. Uh, but they're going to go to a party. And so Don and Cosmo break off, but their car breaks down. And like my notes in my notebook just say Don Cosmo funny. I don't know what and specifically that's reference. Like I know we get the cab joke here. Mm -hmm. uh, Cosmo's just like pretty much la Don. Uh, Don's being like mauled by adoring fans, and Cosmo's just laughing at him. <laughs> Don makes this insane escape and like jumps into a woman's car. Who uh, serendipitously is going to become our other main character of the movie. <laughs> Uh, she, she's like hitting him. She's like, I know you, you're, I've seen you, you're like a criminal or whatever. And he's just like, no, no. She pulls the side and like calls an officer over and he's like, holy crap, it's Don Lockwood. And she's like, what? Uh, <laughs> and the immediate devastation. Like, oh yeah. my gosh, I just did that. <laughs> yeah. It's like a slight, I will say it's like a slight, uh, I mean, I guess if a dude jumped in your car right next to you, you wouldn't really recognize him right off the bat, but she, she plays it coy. Like she's kind of like, oh you're you're like a movie star okay i i can give you a ride actually and he immediately is like "Ooh, i'm gonna turn on the charm here but she she does a good job kind of rebuffing him she she says some stuff to him that kind of stick out where she's she's like oh you're like a screen guy you just make faces and she's poking fun at him and telling him he's like not a real actor and she wants yeah. to be a stage actor and stuff like that and they just a very classic dynamic where they're they're flirting by like kind of uh, being a little bit antagonistic towards each other, but right off the bat, you're of course sensing the chemistry, and you're just like, uh, again, as someone that's never seen the movie before, I was like, oh, here's our actual love interest, because like you see like uh, Lena, and you're like, okay, so like Lena and Don, like I I wasn't sure where the plot was going, and then we meet Kathy, uh, who's Debbie Reynolds' character, I guess, FYI. Uh, is, is like oh okay it's it's about it's about kathy and don like she's of course the second you see her you're like of course uh, <laughs> but they they have a little bit of uh words with each other she drops him off at the party but unfortunately that's not the last she'll be seeing of don because it turns out she's a i think she says she's like a coconut girl yeah. uh, or something like that 
Uh, she uh, unfortunately is going to be popping out of a cake right in front of Doc <laughs> later. It's kind of embarrassing for her, but uh, thankfully she uh, still does her job, and we get another dance number here with the with the coconut girls, and they do like a whole song. It's like a whole big production in this party. Uh, don't know how realistic this is to what Hollywood life was like back then. I didn't know if they were doing. 30 person dance numbers in the middle of a party, <laughs> but it seemed kind of fun. <laughs> now, does this uh, song and dance number do it for you? I think of this one as, as fun, um, but I'm less interested in the song and dance as I am watching the interaction between the two of them, even when they're not speaking. Yeah. Because Dawn yeah. is trying to follow Kathy around and she's trying to do her job and just exactly. get the heck away from him. <laughs> so. Yeah, the song and dance, not my favorite, but watching the two of them interact is a lot of fun in the number. Yeah, the dynamic is just really good where he's really smitten by her. And it's just fun watching like the power dynamics of the film, especially as it like goes on, because it's very much like, and even Cosmo calls Don out a little bit where he's like, okay, so like one girl kind of doesn't fall at your feet. And so now suddenly you're super interested in them. And it is like it is interesting that the movie does a good job of making me never feel like Don is just like there's never a moment where I'm like, well, Don just wants to get with her to prove that he can. Like I, I genuinely buy like, oh, he he's really interested in her because she's because I assume he's not used to people who are fully formed like Kathy is. Like she's yeah. her own person. And obviously that's what he finds attractive about her. Um, you know, and as as the movie goes on, she's also incredibly talented and that's cool too. So I never was like, there's just never a moment where I was like, oh, Don just wants to prove that she is into him just like on like some kind of ego trip. You know, I'm always like, I'm kind of shocked by like how much Don never seems like an egotistical person, even though you could really see his character being like that. He just, Mm -hmm. I think part of it is just because he's, he's gets to do all these humorous bits in the movie too. Yeah. So he just, he seems like so it makes him seem more approachable and relatable and down to earth because he's okay. Like goofing off and having fun with Cosmo and doing these goofy dance numbers. He's not, he's not like some, like I'm a refined actor and blah, blah, blah. And also his like, uh, Kathy's words, like cut him when she's like, oh, yeah. you're just like, you just make goofy faces and stuff. And he's like, I've always thought of myself as an actor. And now this woman told me I I'm not shit. And then it's making me really doubt myself, which yeah. I'm sure like we talked about earlier in the episode, the self-doubt, it's very relatable. I'm kind of curious as an actor, like, A, how you engage with Kathy's aspirations as an actor and and Don's self-doubt. I mean, I imagine those are both make the movie like pretty relatable for you. <laughs> yeah, and maybe that's part of the reason why I find it just so engaging. Um, totally, if, if I were in Don's shoes and somebody told me that, I would spiral. (laughs) So to see him questioning himself and then later in the movie, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about too, and when he has a real moment of panic is when he's thinking, man, do I, do I really have what it takes to do this? I I don't think I do. Yeah. Um, So relatable. And then, you know, Kathy's aspirations but then you see the reality of her current situation, what she's currently doing. I'm like, that, I feel that. That makes sense to me. <laughs> so yeah, something I realized, I'm glad I do notes, uh, something that happens at this party 
is they also introduce the concept that there's going to be, they watch this clip and he's like, I, this guy's on camera and he's like, you are hearing the words that I am speaking to you right now. Uh, and so we're getting this plot point introduced that they're going to do talking pictures now, which they're like, that'll never work. Oh, they're making some movie called the jazz singer, which I think is the yes. first talking picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's like actually canonical. Um, uh, it's not going to work. Of course, you know, watching this movie, you're just like, okay, guys. <laughs> you're in for a rude awakening. <laughs> and Cosmo has that great line about, well, that's what they said about the horseless carriage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's he's like so, Cosmo's just, always two steps ahead. Yeah, he's, he's so sarcastic. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they said that about the horseless carriage. And you just, you just, the guy just ignores him. And she's like, oh, Cosmo, Cosmo knows the score. Uh, but yeah, so. We cut to like a little while later, Don's working on this movie. I can't even, it's called like the Dueling Cavalier or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you find out that Kathy got, he, Don feels bad because uh, while he was chasing Kathy around the party, she tried to smash him with a cake, uh, but she hit Lena. <laughs> Lena didn't take that too kindly. Uh, so Kathy, Kathy got fired. And we'll find out later in the movie that Lena's the reason she actually got fired. Um, but Don's kind of broken up about it. He's telling Cosmo, like, can't find Kathy. And she told me I suck. Do I suck? And then this, we get a, this is like one of those, like, oh, that's what this is from moments for me, where uh, Cosmo launches in to make him laugh. And I was like, oh, I've definitely heard make him laugh before. Yeah. Uh, like when he said, like, you know what they say, blah, 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 the, make him laugh. He has a couple lines. And I was like, Oh, I was like, is he quoting something? And I was like, oh no, this is the movie that it's from. Yeah. Okay, that's always like really shocking uh, when you run into like, oh, this is what Make Him Laugh is from. So we get this whole, I mean, the man, in the context of the movie, it's a musical. So, you know, when people launch into songs, you're not supposed to like take it too seriously. But there is something really funny about Cosmo and Dom. We're just having a conversation. Cosmo spends like the next four minutes just doing a solo crazy ass dance by himself singing make him laugh but it, it's a pretty great sequence a lot of gags here I, I think it's a great time to check back in with you about how, how this one rates for you <laughs> yeah so i don't know that it's my absolute favorite but it definitely makes top three for me and just the amount of athleticism that goes into this one number oh god i'm exhausted when he, run, when he like runs up the wall and does a flip i was like what the fuck? Is- <laughs> One flip, another flip, and then oh burst through a wall. I'm just like, I'm exhausted watching him. I don't know how he made it through this. Yeah, he's a beast. Uh, he's really physically very impressive. Uh, like, yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that because it's worth noting. Like, not only is he really funny, but some of the physicality of what he's doing in the just running up on beams, laying on them, jumping over, like, entire couches falling back jumping through a wall yeah. it's all like in one shot too it's the like there's a couple moments where he does like some specific stuff where i was like oh like if you screwed up like one second of this you'd have to do the whole thing again because they don't really cut away that much Mm-mm. like very classic like 40s and 50s style of filmmaking on display here where it's like mostly wide and medium shots where we're just tracking along because like they shot almost everything on sound stages and stuff. And so they're just following him along. He's doing the whole freaking dance. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. pretty and what's crazy. 
fascinating about this is he's been very he had been very honest about the situation. He was smoking like four packs of cigarettes a day <laughs> when filming this. Good Lord. <laughs> and they, they got a good take all the way through, but they lost it due to technical issues. So they had to redo it. Oh so my God. it just blows my mind that he made it through <laughs> this once, let alone multiple times. Yeah, he's, he is huffing and puffing a little bit by the end of it, but it's pretty understandable. <laughs> Four packs a day. Nothing, nothing like the 50s. <laughs> right. We get probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie where Don and Lena are in their dueling Cavalier get-ups, and Lena's like, uh, she's like, oh yeah, you'll never see that Kathy again. I'm the one that got her fired, or whatever, and Don's like pissed. It says it's a silent picture. They just have to pretend that they're talking, so... He's like, the actions are that he's like seducing her, but like they're like having this argument. And it's, it's just a really, it's probably one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie where it's just like, I despise you. I'd rather kiss a tarantula. You suck. I can't believe you got a fire. Well, I'm better than that girl. You'll see, blah, blah, blah. And the director's like, good, good. And he's like kissing her arm and now kiss. And like, uh, and Lena, she's like still convinced that she can like win Don over. She's like, you wouldn't be able to kiss me like that if you didn't mean it a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's a great scene. I love this scene. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I, I saw it coming too. Like, I was like, oh, so I was like, he's mad. They're going to do a whole, way. but it's just like, it's still just super worked on me. It, it was so good. <laughs> a lot of Don and Lena scenes are just so phenomenal. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, when she says, you couldn't kiss me like that and not mean it a little bit. And he says, well, I'm the best actor or meet the best actor in the world or <laughs> yes, whatever. That's such that a good line. <laughs> He's like, meet the greatest actor in the world. I was <laughs> like, damn, that's uh, just, you know, some, it's again, it's like the whole movie is rife with like the magic of movies. And it's like the quick, snappy comebacks. It's like, it's obviously not like true to life, but it's just so fun. It's just like the, the comebacks are so, are so fun. Uh, we get like a really long montage where like RF basically comes in and goes, uh, shut everything down. We got to do talking movies. It's like the thing now. And they're all like, okay, we have this insane montage where uh, I, I literally called it a David Lynch montage in my notes. Cause it's just like all these like different songs and, and numbers and sequences are just like all overlaid on top of each other. And it's like, uh, it's pretty dizzying. Uh, we, we get this, uh, sequence I'll probably just kind of skip over where uh, it's like the beautiful girl song where I was like I was like I have no idea what's happening right now and I don't know why it's happening uh, I don't know if like the guy singing is like a famous guy and it's like a cameo or it's just a number they thought was fun like like Kathy is one of the girls in the, in the sequence or whatever but this guy's like going through all this like fashion he's like black for a funeral or a way it's it's just it's a weird sequence like it's beautiful it's weird uh but it's like if, if, if there's one thing you cut out of this movie that would be first on my chopping block for sure <laughs> i would agree with that because <laughs> like, at one point i literally turned to my mom i was like what is happening right now what what is this <laughs> uh but i mean it, it factors into the plot a little bit because they see Kathy and they're like, she's good. We should put her in stuff. And Cosmo sees her and he runs and gets Don. So they're reunited. Uh, turns out Kathy didn't move to New York to pursue her stage dreams. And she's now doing movies and shit, just like she made fun of Don for doing. So we do get our Don and Kathy being reunited thing. So it does 
by the end of the scene, it still matters, but the whole, the, the song goes on for so long. <laughs> uh, but we get, uh, so Don and Kathy are back together and we get just good chemistry between them and just like fun power dynamics too, where she's like, maybe I've seen more than one of your movies. Cause that was another line that she said where she's like, you seen one, you seen them all. And Don's just kind of like, Oh, so my entire, the entire point of me is futile. Cool. Glad to hear that. Uh, but she's like, I've seen like eight or nine, maybe. He's like, I thought if you've seen one, you've seen them all. And so Kathy's kind of given up a little power. But then Don like kind of comes back and goes like, I like can't stop thinking about you. And it's like, I don't know what to do. And uh, he ushers her into a stage. And we get this beautiful sequence where he sets the stage and lights. Some of, the, some of my favorite shots in the film probably happening in this sequence with the lights behind her and the close up and the fake sunset on the screen. It's just gorgeous shit. The wind's blowing. He <laughs> sings a song to her. I can't remember if I even wrote it down, what it's called. It's just kind of like, I'm you're, you were made for me and I was made for you and uh, all that stuff. Uh, it, it's, it's a good sequence. Uh, I don't know where this one ranks for you. <laughs> yeah, I really like, I like the imagery of the scene, but I'm not as big of a fan of the song itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... For me, it's kind of a, I, you know, I, I like what I'm seeing. I could, I could like the song more. <laughs> yeah, I, I super agree with that. Like, this is, in terms of the songs, it's, 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 a, it's a romance song. You know, it is what it is. I'm not going to be sad. I guess it's pretty indicative that I was like, I don't remember what they say in the song. I, <laughs> like, yeah. I couldn't even remember what it was. So, and, and that's no offense. If anyone's like, oh, this is the most beautiful part of the movie. I can't believe you're talking shit about it. Absolutely not what I mean uh, by that. It's just, it just doesn't rank up there for me for sure. Uh, but it's beautiful. It's their, it's their falling in love scene, you know? They're confessing to each other. It's classic musical stuff too, where you get to just say how you feel. Uh, it's like, dream as a writer sometimes. It's just be like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if the characters could just say how they feel? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're much of a Futurama fan. But uh, there's a line in the show where the robot devil's like, you can't just have the characters say what they feel. That makes me angry. Uh, it's like it's like my go-to. <laughs> like, that's not how you write characters. <laughs> but yeah, there's just something magical about musicals. It's it's the one genre where in song, you're allowed to, char- to have the characters just say what they want. Mm-hmm. Whereas like any other format, that's bad writing. <laughs> yeah. But we get we actually like follow that up almost immediately with another sequence, which I assume is a lot of people's favorite, where it turns out everyone's being sent to diction coaches. Great sequence where Lena's trying to be taught how to speak and she she can't do it. Like uh I don't know them. Uh she just, just I doesn't got it. Can't stand him. <laughs> I can't stand him. I can't stand them. Uh, it's like a fun thing too, where it's like Oh, yeah, you know, there was that whole period where everyone's doing, like, the mid-Atlantic accents and stuff, too. And you're almost, like, getting a weird peek into maybe where that was coming from. Uh, all these diction coaches, like, I can't stand him. Uh, it's like, I can't stand him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we go over to Don. He's being taught by this goofy old guy. Uh, a, lot, a lot of tongue twisters that were pretty insane. Cosmo shows up, starts clowning on this dude, and we get... This big old dance number. Moses supposes I you know, I don't have the I certainly do not have the line. It's like an insane tongue twister, but 
crazy ass dance number from from uh gene kelly and donald uh yeah. o'connor here <laughs> yeah. a lot of spinning lots of stuff lots of wrapping the old man up in curtains and stuff <laughs> uh it, it's a it's a fun it's a fun bit i'm curious like i noticed some people single this one out so i'm kind of curious how you feel about this one yeah this is one of my favorites um uh, i'm starting to see a pattern here cosmo one of my favorites uh, <laughs> no it's it, just it makes sense the dancing is phenomenal in this, and just the lyrics of the song. It's so fun. Yeah. Moses supposes his toes are roses, but Moses supposes <laughs> erroneously. Like, my husband and I will just break out into song randomly singing it's, this, it's because it's, it's an earworm for sure. <laughs> yeah, the rapid fire. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's really fun. It's like, again, like I said, my eyes would like glaze over just slightly when it got really dancey, but I was like, this, this is just fun. And, and like, it just seems like Gene Kelly and uh, Donald uh, O'Connor are just like having a ball doing this number. Like Gene Kelly, like looks exuberant while he's like doing this. He just looks like he's having so much fun and it makes you want to have fun. Uh, but and then they just end with like being like, Hey, cause they like have the, the a vowel that they pulled off the wall. It's pretty, it's pretty good stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. So the next scene we get is, uh, now they're trying to turn the dueling cavalier into a talkie. Uh, we get a like. I'm not going to dwell on it too long because it doesn't really matter to the plot that much. But a lot of fun gags with them trying to figure out how to get Lena to talk into the mic. Uh, he's like, like it's, this mic is in the bush. <laughs> well, I the can't bush make love to a, a bush. <laughs> <laughs> I can't make love to a bush. Uh, the wire runs to the thing. He explains this like six times. It's like a it's like a funny reoccurring bit. The microphone is in your flower. The flower, it's attached to a cord. The cord wants to, where they follow the sound. And, like, it, and so we're getting a lot of stuff where Lena just can't talk to the mic. It's, it's not working out. Uh, and, and of course, her voice in general is awful too. And we, we, it's not as touched on as much, but they have, now they have to like actually perform the dialogue. So they can't just like say dumb shit while they're performing and just write over it later. There's a moment that I think is pretty important where there's this line, and Don's like, I don't really like that line. Can I just do my I love you, I love you thing? And they're like, okay. But then later, when you're watching it back, he's just like, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And just keeps saying it's really awkward now that you're like actually hearing it. It makes him look like an idiot. Uh, (laughs) But a lot of of technical difficulties trying to do the first talking movie for this thing, the talk to the bush. Uh, the test screening does not go well. <laughs> People are laughing their asses off. Uh, and like, the tracking the, gets off. <laughs> the, the pearls really cracked me up. Like a, As a filmmaker and someone who I work in public access TV, so sometimes you'll mic somebody and they'll have like, the jangliest fucking necklace on earth. And you're just like, please don't do this. Like You have a lob mic two inches away from this necklace. So just the insane pearls. And I gotta say, you know, like, credit to a movie from the 50s for having like really good sound design like the sound design of the of this whole sequence is like the jokes don't work if the sound design isn't like doing all the pearls and the way the voices are coming in and out and stuff it's actually like pretty technically impressive especially for the time period like a lot of thought went into it um but yeah it's 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 really funny watching this absolute disaster <laughs> Lena's like, well, I liked it. I thought it was good, <laughs> and like, 
they're watching people walk out of the day like that's trash lamont and lockwood are done i'm never seeing one of these again they're just like oh we are so screwed (laughs) um we cosmo kathy and don go back to hang out don's basically like my career is over and kathy and cosmo are kind of busting his balls a little bit like hey you could be like a tax guy or you could you could like uh paint houses or something <laughs> he's just like shut up uh they do a whole song and the good morning song i think it is uh it is very fun to see our like three main characters like get to do a number together and they they all dance really well together again the song is like i think they say good morning a lot it's like I don't really remember the song that well. Again, not to be dismissive of it. I don't know how you feel about it, but I think it's pretty good. Uh. Yeah, this is probably a top four for me. But what's super interesting is Debbie Reynolds didn't really have any dance experience going into this. She was a gymnast. And Gene Kelly is like, oh, you know, I'll teach her. Evidently, he was terrible to her, like dancing till her feet bled. You know, just (laughs) driving her to extremes. But I think the number turns out really well yeah uh, yeah it, and it's kind of incredible to to realize that wow she doesn't have a background in dance and there she is keeping up with with gene kelly and donald o'connor that's yeah that's crazy. I, I mean i noticed that like it says like in the opening credits it's like choreography gene kelly so it's like the man was like choreographing this movie too which is like pretty wild like not only is he a great dancer but he's the one that's like he's one of the directors and he's the one that's like coming up with the dance numbers, which is like, yeah. I can't even imagine it. It's nuts. Uh, but it's also like, it's, maybe you don't have to drive people till their feet bleed. It's a little, a little hardcore, but I guess you got a good dance number. At it. Right. <laughs> and I guess Debbie Reynolds is like, I'm a professional. I got yes. this. Uh, and thankfully their chemistry on screen seems to work. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's like a good, it really captures, it does capture a good vibe because it's like, uh, they come up with this plan to turn the dueling cavalier into a musical. And they're like, we got six weeks, which I was like, it almost like sent me spiraling. Cause I was like, you're going to, you're going to remake an entire feature film and have it done in six weeks. Fuck you. No way. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> like it would take me more time than that just to edit the movie. Like, what, what are you talking about? But I don't know. I guess when that's all you do all day, like uh, maybe turn the dailies over to an editor and you, maybe it's feasible. I found the timeline very insane, but hey, like we're just gonna change the entire movie. Uh, yeah. But again, just movie magic stuff. I like the vibe of the song because it's like because I the reason I bring that up is because he's like March twenty third. That's the day everything changed, and they're like technically it's the twenty fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the morning. We uh, we talked all through the night, and it's like just like this cozy friends feeling of like oh you guys did stay. You just stayed up talking all night, and you're still just hanging out and like the wee hours of the morning and it does capture that vibe a little bit so i do enjoy it for that aspect for sure so the god this all happens in one night i forgot jesus uh, like they do the song and then cosmo who apparently is just a genius and invented movie making as it's known uh he he's like wait when the sound got desynced in the test screening that gave me an idea what if we have kathy lip sync for lena and we'll just use kathy's voice as lena's and which is like it's just funny to imagine just this random pianist like invented like dubbing right (laughs) but hey it's again movie magic uh he he does a fun gag where he starts talking while kathy's like moving her mouth and stuff and don's like well okay and there's a fun moment where 
where Kathy tells Don he's a genius and Cosmo's like, yeah, you're a genius. What the fuck? <laughs> like, Glad he thought of it. Yeah. You're like, hey, come on. Give Don some credit. Or I could give Cosmo some credit rather. Uh, but and Don takes Kathy home. They have like a romantic moment. We get the titular song singing in the rain. Uh, even if you've never heard of this movie before, you've seen some of these shots of him hanging off the lamppost, doing the pose. Like it was, it was fun to finally just see the sequence, you know, like, like it's like a famous sequence. It's the name of the movie singing in the rain. You've seen the guy with the umbrella doing the whole thing. And I mean, it's, it's good. Like they were there. They, you put the water down and you have a guy tap dance through it. It's going to look awesome. Uh, it's, it's good stuff for sure. Uh, and the song, and this is a good song singing in the rain, you know, happy I'll be. It's a good, it's like, yeah, it's like, I'm not going to sing it. Cause I also cannot sing, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> much like your lo- love of tap dancing, but not being able to do it. I love and admire singing, <laughs> but I cannot do it, uh, to save my life. But yeah, I, is this like, I mean, is this your favorite or how, how's this, how's this land for you? You, you like the Cosmos stuff a little bit more. I, I like the Cosmos stuff a lot, but I mean, definitely, definitely top three. And what I love so much about this is it it captures that feeling of falling in love, that how everything, you, even if everything around you doesn't look great, the yeah. weather's terrible, it doesn't matter because you found someone who just yeah. makes you inexplicably happy. And no, you're every so right. time. Every time I watch it, I just, I feel giddy almost rewatching it. <laughs> it's completely dorky of me, but I can't help it every time. No, you're so right. Because I mean, that's like the whole point of the song is like the weather shitty. I, I did laugh. I was going to make a joke. I uh, uh, like, oh, I thought this was LA. I don't think it rains like this in LA. <laughs> like, like, not only do they not get any rain, but the idea of them getting this torrential downpour is nuts. Uh, and also in terms of, like the one thing my mom threw out while we were watching this was she goes, did you know that they had to mix the water with milk so it would show up on camera? But I was like, gross. Uh, right. <laughs> but Gene Kelly sells it. I mean, it, you're, you're right. Cause like the whole thing is he's got his umbrella and he just like puts it down and just goes, I don't care this rain. Like, it's also like, again, it, it's fun, but because I'm sure everyone's had that moment where sometimes you just get caught in like a truly torrential downpour and once you've gotten soaked to a certain point, or say like maybe you were a kid and you were playing in the mud, like once once it happens, there and you get past that point of no return, it's like well, nothing can even touch me now. Like I'm already covered head to toe in mud, or I'm soaked all the way through with rain. Not like it's not like I can get wetter. And seeing him embrace that feeling and just th- throw himself out into the rain and just dance in it, I mean. Like when he goes under the spout at one point and he just takes his hat off, you're just like, holy shit. <laughs> like, my man is out here showering. <laughs> uh yeah, it's yeah, it's so I'm so glad you uh um point out the feeling of uh nothing can touch him and that's is capturing what he's feeling because there it's it's easy to like watch a movie like this and be like it's happy and everyone's having fun, blah blah blah. But there is more depth going on to the moments. For sure. Uh, so I'm just really glad you point that out. We get a pitch meeting where Cosmo just somehow magically goes, here's what the plot of the movie is going to be. And here's how we're going to fix it. It's going to be called the dancing cavalier. And it's a, a song and dance man who comes to Brooklyn. And 
Uh, he gets hit on the head, and that's why we have the period piece costumes. But blah, blah. it's again just like crazy movie shit where he's just like whole cloth inventing an entire movie in two seconds. <laughs> but it's fun. It works. Uh, re- remind me to give you a raise, Cosmo. Hey, RF. Uh, by the way, give me a raise. <laughs> remind me to make you a screenwriter. Uh, it's, it's nice to see Cosmo getting a little piece of his. Yeah. And there is a great moment like early in the movie where Cosmo goes, oh, cool, I'm out of the job. And he's just kind of like smirking about it. And RF's like, no, you're going to be like the head of the musical department. And he's like, oh, cool. Now I don't have to be destitute anymore. Uh, he has like a whole cycle that he does. It, it's really good. Uh, <laughs> but so we get this. Don is like, uh, we, we see them like remaking the movie. We see Kathy like dubbing over Lena. Don't ever, don't tell Lena that Kathy's on the lot because Lena hates Kathy for a multitude of reasons, the cake thing, but she also knows Don likes Kathy. So she's jealous of, she's jealous of Kathy, but Kathy's doing the singing and dubbing over Lena. Just fun little movie bits where you're like literally watching ADR essentially. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's good stuff. And you see how much better it looks when you hear Lena's shitty voice, which I love. It's not <laughs> me being mean to her, I, uh, but th- you know, within the context of the movie. Uh, but then you hear Kathy dubbing over it. Uh, but we have this last bit where they're like, we've got one scene left and long, long, long sequence here where we're essentially seeing like the movie, I guess, that they're making where mm-hmm. we see we see Don and he's like dressed up all goofy with his glasses and his suitcase. And he's just arrived in, uh, I can't think of it, Broadway. He's trying to get on Broadway mm-hmm. as like an actor. Like, and things like Gotta Dance. Like, I think that's what the song's called. Like, Gotta mm-hmm. Dance. And crazy. Like, the whole sequence is insanely elaborate. Um, yeah. And it's like, like, the Gotta Dance parts are, are fine for me. But for me, like, one of the most standout moments in the movie is when he runs into uh, Sid Charisse, uh, mm-hmm. who is the girl in the, like, the green flapper dress. All <laughs> this stuff was really working for me. Sincerice is like, Jesus Christ, she's such a good actor. I mean, she's a great actor, but good dance, like her dancing is like unbelievable. Like he goes in this club and they meet eyes and she's got these like very like over the top, like mafioso looking dudes that she's hanging out with, like flipping coins, uh, making the motion again. Great podcasting. Uh, (laughs) But they have this awesome dance in, in this bar and she's like so like, uh, she's like clearly like a ballet dancer and yeah. just the moves they're doing and their chemistry is actually really good too. Uh, and she's very like uh, aloof and stuff, which is like, we haven't really seen that kind of character type in this movie. So that's why this also really stuck out to me where mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, what is this? Uh, but they have this great dance, but he finally, uh, the mafia guy lures her away. We get a montage of him becoming like famous. He, meets eyes with her at a party later she walks in get this really cool scene where they dance together again and she has this like long flowing scarf that yeah they work into i don't even i can't even imagine what a nightmare shooting that scene was like trying to get the scarf to do what they wanted because it's if you haven't seen the movie i cannot do justice to how large this scarf is (laughs) Uh, so big it's like 20 feet long and it's like blowing all over the place and like Don wraps himself up in it and then wraps her up in it. And they're, Dan, it's just like gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was reading something that was like, they're saying this is like a really important point of the film because it's the, they're talking about how this is the moment of the film where you see Don like 
allowing himself to be vulnerable as an actor on screen. Yeah. And he's letting his walls down and, and like showing what he's really capable of because it's like these dance sequences are essentially like him falling in love and losing her because they do this gorgeous scarf scene, but then she walks right past him in the party and goes up to the coin guy or whatever. And he just kind of goes, well, okay. And like walks out, just kind of shakes his head. And you're just like, you see him like falling in love and losing love all done like through this like interpretive dance. And again, as someone that's not the biggest fan of dance, I'm still very taken by this sequence. I think it's probably other than like the funny bits and the, I hate you fake seduction scene stuff. I probably my favorite, my personal favorite part of the movie was all this Sid Cherie stuff for sure. She's just, she's, it's stunning. The dance is stunning. The chemistry is great. It's just, I don't know. I could go on forever, but I'll stop. But I guess I'd be curious about your thoughts for this whole bit too. Yeah. Um, so what I love about this, we, we talked earlier about acting as storytelling, but for me, this is the one dance number in the movie that that is storytelling. But like you said, you just see this whole range of emotions that, that Don's character is going through um, as they're filming it having love, losing love. Um, and it's really beautiful. It's so beautiful. And it's it's different styles of dance that we haven't seen earlier in the yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, just the way, the, the ballet-ness of her, her movements is so... Like, Gorgeous. This has like been mostly like tap dancing numbers up till now, but this is a whole different ball game. I think that's why it really stood out to me. I don't know. It's, it's just gorgeous. I could probably... A lot sometimes when I do movies for this show, I'll catch myself like thinking about them later in the week. And I have a feeling like sometime next week I'll be like YouTube, green flapper girl dance singing in the rain. Like, <laughs> like when I watched Maholland Drive for the first time. Have you ever seen Maholland Drive? I haven't. Highly recommend it. It's a when I when I briefly mentioned like, oh, I saw the best. Why would I go watch anything else? Like Maholland Drive has been like I almost wish I hadn't watched it so early because every mm -hmm. time I've watched a David Lynch film, film since then, I'm kind of like, well, but it's not Mulholland Drive. But there's a, there's a sequence in the film that I call like the, this is the girl scene. And I've probably watched that like once a week where it's just like, if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it. But the, this is the girl scene I love. And I could, I could see myself watching like, it actually made me like want to go watch other movies that like Sid Charisse is in. Because I yeah. saw that she was kind of, uh, when I clicked on her thing, she's in other movies as more of like a lead character. And I'm mm -hmm. kind of like, I'm a, I'm a big uh, mark for Sid Charisse, I think. Now. <laughs> and I hope I'm not butchering her name either. That, that would really suck. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, <laughs> but, I think she did a movie with Fred Astaire, too. Yes, I so. think, uh, yeah, the bandwagon, um, okay. Fred Astaire, Sid, Sid Charisse, which I'm like, I have not seen any Fred Astaire, so I'm just like, I guess... Yes, I got this. There's this movie that she did where she's the lead and it's Gene Kelly called uh, Brigadoon. And the plot of it seems like fascinating. It's like they find this town that like skips forward a hundred years in time, like every so often. And he has to like, he falls in love with her. But then it's like, do I stay here or go back to reality? I'm like, what a weird plot for a movie that's kind of fascinating, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll have to. Maybe people have to watch out for me doing more Sid Charisse at some point. Probably there more Gene go. Kelly. Probably should knock off some Fred Astaire as well. <laughs> but all, all the actors in the, like, I want to see more Gene Hagen. I'm kind of curious what else yeah. she's been up to. Like, 
I'm kind of curious. Like I wanted, I meant to like look up whether this is like how she actually talks or if this is like a voice that she's putting on for singing in the rain. Cause that, that was one thing I never did confirm was I was like, does she really talk like this? Or is she doing like a character? Like, I don't know for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I know she has a really impressive long resume. So I'm assuming it's a voice for the character, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe other people have a thing for the voice as well. And she just got <laughs> cast in lots of movies. I, I'd be, I'm for it. Uh, yeah. It seems like maybe she's in some movies more as like a femme fatale type mm. role just from a, from a quick glance, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> love the Sid Cherise stuff. They're they're uh, they're dubbing Lena's lines, and like the it's like the final sequence or whatever. Don and Don and Kathy like kiss, but Lena comes in. Uh, this is like the this is the moment where it was finally like okay, so the movie's finally gonna have like some conflict, <laughs> <laughs> like right here at the end. Zelda, who I, I joke, Rita Moreno, Zelda is being a snitch. Uh, apparently, Zelda went and ratted them out. Like, it, it's actually like kind of well done because it's kind of touched on a little bit. Where I think it's like Cosmo, who's like, yeah, Zelda saw that Kathy was going to be a star and kind of wanted to get her in trouble, and uh, she was getting outshone in her movie because they they mentioned that Kathy was like going to play Zelda's like younger sister in a movie. So it, it is like funny that they didn't necessarily have to do it, but they had enough care to like give you character motivations it's like even though yeah. zelda's barely a character in the movie you're still like oh she ratted kathy out because she was jealous and blah 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 so it actually does all add up and make sense in a weird way it's just mm -hmm. funny that they thought that out enough <laughs> uh but lena's becomes like a, a true problem from this point on where she's like kathy's gonna do what I say and she's going to be my voice. And they had this big plan to like tell everybody that Kathy was the voice and roll her out and make, give her a big star push. Cause obviously she's amazing. She's, uh, we haven't really seen her like act on the screen that much, but she's got a great voice, great singer and movies seem to be taking a turn towards musicals. And obviously Don is in her corner, hardcore and all that good stuff. But Lena's not super into that. And she uses her lawyers and contracts. Like, great moment where she goes to rf's like office and she's like subsection 153 heading a it's like it's like so you can memorize lines uh, but it's like you'll see right there that i control my uh, promotion and she's told all the papers that she's the one that did the songs and blah 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 and rf's kind of like i don't know what to do i guess i just have to roll over lena's big plan is to just be like kathy's gonna voice me for the rest of her life and never be in the spotlight and i'll be the big star and it's like true heel turn stuff, but again, it's like it's still kind of funny because she's just so goofy about it. But it is like it, for a movie that's been mostly just happy stuff. It's like oh shit, okay, <laughs> how are how are they gonna resolve this one? <laughs> yeah, still still love Lena though. <laughs> um, so they had the big premiere of uh, the Dancing Cavalier. Didn't mean to rhyme there, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know we see the movie with. Lena being dubbed by Kathy, everyone's really, Lena, wow, she's got such a great voice, and oh my god, and blah, blah, blah. And backstage, Lena's basically like, Kathy, you're going to work for me, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, trying to go through my notes here. Lena does come out, and she's like, screw you guys, I'm going to give a speech for once and do my own voice. And she starts talking, she's like, thank you guys so, and she's even like, really like, she's like, she's like, 
it, it makes me, what I do, feel so good for you little people to bring just a shred of joy into your miserable lives, or whatever the hell she says. It's like <laughs> truly super... terrible speech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're all like, what the hell? That's not what she sounded like. And she, she starts to kind of notice they're like weirded out by her voice. So she runs back and threatens RF and Kathy and Don. And so I saw, I saw what was happening here, but it is kind of like, I don't know why they had to like pull one over on Kathy too for this, but basically they're like, Kathy, you're going to go behind the stage and get on the mic and sing for Lena right now. Kathy's like, fine, but I never want to see you again, Don. I was like, of course, I was like, he's doing a plan. Like, like, why are you guys like leaving Kathy in the dark on this one? But they send Kathy behind the stage. Lena's like, I'm going to sing a song. Uh, what am I going to sing? And Kathy's like singing in the rain. And they're like, oh, we'll play music for you. What do you want? She's like, what do I want? A flat. And so they start singing. Um, and then, of course, you know, Don, Cosmo, and RF pull off their plan where they're, uh, they raise the curtain while the singing is happening. And at one point, Cosmo even comes out and like bumps Kathy out of the way and starts singing too. So it, like Lena's voice is just Cosmo's voice now. Lena's humiliated. She's been revealed to be a sham. Kathy starts running off, but Don like calls out to her. I remember I I only noted this because like one of the reviews like called out the Kathy stops and turns the two perfect tears running down either side of her face and Don starts singing to her final love song they kiss everything worked out it's again it's like super cheesy and sappy but I mean you just you feel good watching it Kathy and Don become the new sensations uh, they're in movies together as stars they stand in front of their billboard of ironically singing in the rain uh, and they kiss and the movie's like and everything worked out in the end uh but yeah that's the ending of the movie um you know i don't know i zip through a lot there uh, so if there's anything that yeah you wanted to touch on specifically about this whole ending sequence please feel free um no i don't i don't have too much to add i i was a little bothered the first time watching it, like you said, that Kathy, like they just kept her in the dark and it just seemed really cruel to, it, to have it's, her it's go through the, this. The plan's like, she could have been in on the plan. It's not like yeah. she could have just sang. Like the plan actually had more of a chance of failing because she was so like confused about what was going on. <laughs> they had yeah. just been like, go back there and sing and we're going to pull the curtain up. And she could have been like, cool. So I don't, I think, I mean, I think it's one of those things where I kind of understand where I almost imagine the director had the image of her crying and turning with the beautiful light and stuff. So he wanted to get her to that emotional crescendo. So of course yeah. he had to do it like that, but it's also like <laughs> in retrospect, maybe it didn't have to go down like that, but yeah. it works out. <laughs> Uh, again, I don't, I think they do kind of like a, if I remember correctly, it's like a reprise of the song they did together earlier, which again is like, mm -hmm. unfortunately not like top of the list of songs, but, uh, it, it's good. Pretty good. ending. I mean, it is nice every once in a while to watch a movie that just has a happy ending and to just be like a happy ending and everything's nice and it worked out. Uh, not, nothing wrong with that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like comfort food right sometimes yes. you just need comfort food this is my comfort movie <laughs> yeah i mean like there's some movies that are so dark and traumatic that it's like uh you have to be in such a specific mood to watch them but this is absolutely you were so right to be like 
ah, maybe during the pandemic, this is a movie I threw on more frequently. Cause of course it's like, it makes you feel good. And there's absolutely a valid place for that kind of stuff. Any uh, final thoughts before we move into like recommendations and ratings and all that good stuff? Just a random piece of trivia, which may be interesting. I don't know, but <laughs> so Debbie Reynolds doesn't do all of her songs in this movie. Oh, there really? are, <laughs> I think there are at least two that are dubbed by another singer, and I don't think that singer is credited officially in the movie. <laughs> so it's super fascinating that, you know, Debbie Reynolds is <laughs> Kathy Salden is doing the voice for Lena Lamont while Debbie Reynolds, the actress, has another actress and singer <laughs> doing a couple of her songs. A little bit meta. <laughs> right. It is interesting because it's like you it is shocking sometimes how little self-awareness there can be sometimes where it's like you're making a movie and this is literally the plot and then you don't like it's like, hey, maybe you should credit the people. You literally have the villain of the movie saying i should take their credit down but then you guys don't do it but it's just it kind of goes to show you that the machine is so big and will really like churn you out sometimes it's yeah it's tough Uh, (laughs) (laughs) it is funny too like there is an irony to, to know like obviously like the song and dances are a lot of fun and it seems like everyone's having a good time but then you know to get this stuff on the screen it's like four packs a day do it again we lost the take or oh you didn't know how to dance so your feet are gonna bleed because you gotta be on the screen it's like (laughs) very intense right the work is there what we do for happy art (laughs) okay so i don't ask my guests to rate the movies anymore especially since this is one of your favorites of all time it's like it's probably like a 10 out of 10 um but and obviously you would recommend it but just for posterity i still do ratings on the show if people don't know, if this is your first time, if you're a big Holly fan and that's why you're hearing these sounds in your ears right now, I have a grading curve on the show. Theoretically, I'm watching some of the greatest movies of all time, so I'm, I'm a little harsher on them than I am in like real life. Uh, for example, The Godfather for me is a 10 out of 10 movie, but I gave it an 8.5 on the show. So what does that mean for Singing in the Rain? I think I'm going to give Singing in the Rain... Singing in, this is such a classic example of, I bet you, again, like years from now, it, this movie will probably grow on me and really grow on me. And I could see it being even a comfort movie for me in the future. But as of right now, as someone that's like, uh, the dances are fun, they're remarkable, but it's not my, my jam. And there's a couple little things here and there. Uh, so I'm going to give it a 7.5. Cannot stress enough that that's a pretty damn good rating on this show still uh but it's not quite godfather tier for me which is kind of my baseline but just for people that care about the scores 7.5 it's all fucking arbitrary at this point (laughs) uh the points don't matter yeah the points don't matter exactly (laughs) Uh, they really don't because i mean at the end of the day uh i would absolutely recommend the movie if you haven't seen it please watch it even if you're like not a big fan of old movies I i just can't see I just can't see someone not enjoying this movie. It's just so enjoyable. It, again, you're, you're right. It's like injecting happiness straight into your veins. It's mm-hmm. just so freaking pleasant. But speaking of recommendations, I sort of warned you but before the show started, but is there any particular film that you'd like to recommend to people? Like something a little off the beaten path or something that's your favorite that you'd like more people to see maybe? So one that comes to mind 
instantly for me is one that I watched recently. It's a few years old, but it was not on my radar at all. And then I watched it and I adored it is Whiplash. Have you oh, seen Whiplash? Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have, I've definitely seen that. Um, if people haven't seen that, I highly recommend it. I think my heart rate was up the entire movie. <laughs> and it was not what I expected watching a movie about a jazz drummer that it would be that intense for me yeah. as a viewer. But it is so well acted. And the story is really interesting. So I would highly recommend that. Uh, if you're into like atmospheric horror, Hereditary is a big movie sure. that I like. Love Hereditary. Um, so I would recommend that. Really, any anything that A24 does, I tend to be a big fan of. And usually those movies get critical acclaim, but I'm not quite sure how audiences always react to them. So sure, sure. take that with a grain of salt, everyone. Uh, I think most <laughs> It's not people, for everyone. Uh, Whiplash is an incredible movie. Uh, it's like a master clash in tension and probably one of the greatest climaxes of a film period like the final sequence is like truly bananas like it's yeah it's yeah (laughs) you haven't seen it check it out and yeah hereditary is amazing i had heard a lot about it i finally got around to seeing it unfortunately i had one of the big things spoiled for me oh no uh but it's just yeah i mean it's like it's incredible like uh tony collette uh, is one of the best that's doing it today she's her. tremendous in everything she does and she's just so good in the movie god i, I love her so much <laughs> her performance the dinner scene with the family um, oh, in yeah. that movie it just <laughs> floors me she is just fantastic i am your mother <laughs> i did that scene for one of my acting classes oh, because so i'm cool. like i just want to lose it this sounds fun <laughs> oh man i could see uh people doing I, I could see people doing J.K. Simmons uh enacting real thing too. Like uh Yeah. Are you rushing or are you dragging? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not my tempo. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a terror in that movie. <laughs> I realized uh asking you for recommendations, I don't really have a recommendation. I'm trying to think of like I think what I'm gonna go with is and I'm worried I've recommended this already, but I'm looking at some of the stuff I've watched in the past few months and for me uh a musical like i'm thinking my head space is like musical or maybe a movie that feels like a warm blanket uh being wrapped around you i'm gonna say i'm just gonna say encanto oh it was one of my favorites from last year yeah i, I think I, I i people that watched it seem to really like it but i do uh i really can't sing its praises enough it that i was blown away in the theater when i saw it I spent like the next two months listening to the soundtrack right. nonstop. I think all the songs are tremendous. Having listened to all of them dozens of times at this point, I absolutely hold up. I, I think it's remarkably well done. It's 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 like it's got its ups and downs. You're not just gonna it's not gonna give you quite the same feeling as singing in the rain. But you know, I do think something people don't talk about as much with Encanto is uh because of like the Colombian influence, uh some of the dancing in, in that movie is actually really fun. The way yeah. they animate are the main character doing the all the all the fun skirts and dances and the jumping up on the house and the house going crazy like it's just yeah, yeah it's like it's not like obviously the most underseen movie of all time but some people kind of skip past it it came out in a slightly weird time period and just yeah I mean I think it's tremendous and so if you haven't seen it 
highly, highly recommend it. Like most people probably have, but just looking at my list, I'm like, that's the best I can come up with, I guess. <laughs> I guess I probably should have given recommendations that are in line with the movie that we watched. No, I do. No. <laughs> it's I, like, I have a few if, especially, if we especially want to do happy ge- movies. Especially with guests, it's like, I, I want, I'd rather they like get a movie that's like, oh, these are like some of my favorites. So check them out. You don't, I, I have to recommend it a movie every episode. So that's like kind of my way. And I'm like, oh, uh, what's something that's like, kind of similar to what we watched i don't know instead of me just being like recommending true romance every time or something it's like yeah i already recommended that uh but yeah encanto is great i I love that movie um but that'll be my recommendation but whiplash and hereditary are phenomenal movies uh if, if you guys haven't seen them uh but last but not least uh is there anything that you would like to plug holly is there anywhere you'd like people to find you or anything obviously people should check out chasing rabbits including myself but uh like what else is there where can people get at you if you want them to (laughs) yeah uh people can follow me on instagram it's holly underscore gene underscore anspa um and i post updates on projects that i'm working on so people can follow along um right now i'm filming a feature film called ninja and the mafia shadow which is a fun action movie (laughs) yes exactly ninjas and the mafia. Wow. Uh, so I just put up a bunch of behind the scenes pictures from our first day on set. And then I have a horror feature film coming out soon. And I'll be posting more updates about that as well. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I'm excited to see you and stuff. Uh, Thank you. But yeah, that's awesome. It's so great to have you. Thank you for being so generous with your time. Uh, uh, and thanks for picking Singing in the Rain. I'm I'm really glad to knock this one off the list. It's it's exciting. It just feels so nice to like be like I've now seen Singing in the Rain, and yes. I, I know what the deal is. I know what the hype is. It's good stuff. <laughs> and there's so many pop culture references. Yes, so I know. It's nice to to have seen the movie to be able to plug into those. Hundred percent. So, and that's gonna do it for here. But you'd think I've done a hundred of these, I could do this. Um, that will do it for us here on the show, rather. Uh, again, thank you so much for coming on the show, Holly. People definitely check her out on Instagram. You'll see her name in the credits of this episode, in the title of the episode, actually, where it belongs. Uh, <laughs> but that will do us. Do us. <laughs> wow, I'm fumbling all over the place. That'll do it for us here on the show. And as I always unfortunately say at the end of every episode, I will catch you guys on the flip flop later. <laughs> Bye guys. <laughs>